This week on Just Like That, the number one Mike Goldberg-inspired podcast on the planet, we will recap UFC Fight Night, Cater vs. Allen, hit you with our segments, isn't he awesome, and real-world callouts, and last but not least, we will preview UFC Fight Night, Rodriguez vs. Lemos. Here we go. here we go we are back uh, another episode of just like that we got a fight night to preview a fight night to recap some weird stuff went on um in the spirit of the jlt p- p- podcast i actually saw mike goldberg on saturday at the jake paul fight oh wow no Re- picture with them no he was down uh, i i watched nate diaz take a picture with him and then i watched joe uh, mike goldberg post the picture so it's the same as being in the picture definitely or like maybe I, it looks like i took the picture felt like i took the picture but yeah so we had a goldie sighting the first since we started the podcast but anyways our hero yeah the legend himself so anyhow um yeah, we got a fight night here to recap, a uh, fight night to preview, so we're kind of in that little bit of a lull factor. Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts on these past this card, the past card, and then this card this week? Kind of just... Uh, this card did not show up really for <laughs> me whatsoever, but um, I don't know. This one, it's not a, not a super interesting uh, lineup of fights we got coming up next either, but who knows? Sometimes it can get crazy, but I don't know. There's some matchups I don't think are going to be too wild. <laughs> um neil magni daniel rodriguez looking kind of boring to you yeah yeah exactly that is the one that pops out if i had to pick the jlt snooze fest of the night it will probably be neil magni versus daniel rodriguez but there's some other ones that could be up there yeah well you never know there may be some spots to make some make some winning bets it's always way more exciting when you got something on the line so uh but we'll start things off as we always do uh with our take of the week so ryan as always take us away all right my boy Nate Diaz versus Jake Paul is going to get booked. Um, it's obviously the fight to make. Nate's out of contract. I mean, I it's a no-brainer. I don't see how how it could possibly not get done. And uh, my guy, Nate, he's going to, uh, you know, Nick Diaz's army is going to absolutely take Jake Paul to school in, in boxing. He's going to show him what it's all about. He's older. I know he's, uh, he's a lot lighter, but uh, he could take a punch, and um, he actually – has technique compared to uh you know he's primarily trained boxing most of his career so yeah sparring partners him and nick were sparring partners for andre ward when they were um getting ready for south Pauls. so i mean he's been in there with the best of the best and from what i heard he held, could hold his own yeah i think it'll be interesting there's a size difference there that's kind of a, the only factor if they were the same size then it really would be an absolute no-brainer um Right now, I think they got Jake Paul like minus two hundred, but that could be overreaction. Like he beat Anderson Silva, of course he's going to beat Nate Diaz, but it's not really the case. I mean, I was there, and I will say this: it was a good fight, probably the best of all the Jake Paul fights that I've seen. It was actually a good fight, um, but there was more to it, like the fact that Anderson Silva took five rounds off and in two, an eight round fight. Uh, yeah, round one he threw one punch, landed super clean, three quarters of the way through the round. Everyone in the audience gasped. And then that was, but that was the only punch he threw the first round. I'm like, you know, that's normal to, to, you know, take a round off, lose a round when you're, you know, you got a game plan. Round two comes out, lights up Jake Paul, like lights him up, like chases him around, taunts him, does all the classic Anderson Silva stuff, hands down the whole time. Jake Paul can't touch him. Um, he's lighting him up. He's 
he's burying him in the corners, just wailing on him, dude. It was like it, it was. I mean, people were looking around like oh, this is not good. Like he, like Jake Paul, finally went too far, um, messed with the wrong guy. I mean, the skill different. This the skill differential was just off the charts. And then round three takes off round three, loses it. Round four takes off round four, if I'm remembering this correctly, loses it. Round five comes out, lights him up again. Not as much as he lit him up in round two, but lights him up. He chases him, has him on his back foot. Anderson Silva controlled the distance the entire fight. He outlanded him in power shots um, on basically two two and a half rounds of work. But he got knocked down in the eighth round. Uh, just like a little flash knockout, he was fine. Uh, he was stepping back as he got like clipped because he had his hands down the whole fight and uh, went down to his knees, popped right up. But, you know, a knockdown's a knockdown, lost that round, obviously. I knew he was behind on the scorecards, but I think everybody left the building with the feeling like, good fight, right guy got the decision, but it looked like, you know, it didn't look like Anderson Silva was there to win. It looked like he was there to have fun, and uh, by no means did I think he threw the fight, but at the same time, it looked like how Anderson Silva, Anderson Silva's always been a screw-around guy. Yeah, but it is pretty crazy to take that many rounds off when you're absolutely lighting them up when when you try. Dude, round it, two was so Anderson's dominant. Got, he's got the cardio, right? The three minute rounds. He never like, looked tired. Yeah, he never looked tired. He just he was chasing him into the corner and then just like putting his hands behind his back and just like dancing. Yeah, it was a little odd. I, I'll say that it was a little odd. But the problem is Anderson Silva's background of being like a, a knucklehead. It's like believable. It's like when Ty when Tyron Woodley rocked Jake Paul and then didn't follow it up, and everybody's like, "It's rigged." It's like, did you ever watch Tyron Woodley fight before? Because he rocked a lot of guys and didn't follow it up. <laughs> yeah, right. Like that. Yeah, it's, that's just Tyron Woodley. So um, it was a good fight. Uh, Anderson Silva had him on his back foot the whole entire time. Um, again, I knew I I was I knew what the scorecards were going to read. It was obvious. You can't give away. You can't for sure give away four rounds. And then think like, and then hope for like a lucky scorecard, because um, he gave gave away at least four rounds. Jeez. So. Yeah. Well, you know, Nate Diaz, he's not giving any rounds that's off. Th- he's gonna apply the pressure the entire fight, and that's uh, the thing. If you're drown him in deep waters, if you're gonna beat him, he, you're gonna have to knock him out early, and he's never been knocked out outside of a head kick by Josh Thompson. So, um, and and he, boxing gloves. We're talking about in in MMA gloves, four yeah. ounce gloves. And the other thing is. And it was still a shin that actually knocked him out. So um, the other thing is Jake Paul is not good at fighting off his back foot. Hey, the towel was thrown in. That wasn't officially a knockout. <laughs> yeah, that's true. The ref did not stop. It never been knocked out. Nick Nick was worried about his little <laughs> brother, his baby Let's brother. Let's not go spreading false rumors around here about my guy. Hey, I'm trying to join the Nick Diaz army. I can't be uh, on, oh, on record. Speaking of the Nick Diaz army, dude, that kid, the Nick Diaz guy, uh, Chris Avila. He sucks. He's always been bad. He's been terrible. Artem lit him up. He Goat, is, but he is bad, bad. Yeah. <laughs> he fought a celebrity doctor and he won all three rounds or all four rounds. But I mean, it was not a good fight. No. <laughs> against geez. a punching bag. And you know, the only reason he was there was because they wanted to make sure they got Nate in the stands. They wanted to make sure they got that Nate Diaz boy won because they were, I'm sure they thought let's have him win. So he wants to hang around. And then he still, he still sl- slipped out of there before Jake Paul got the decision and could do the call out. So that was a, that was a sly move, but yeah, I do think that's the next fight that gets booked. Yeah, it has to be. It may, I mean, nothing else makes sense at this point. And yeah. it's the, it's the thing that draws the best too, which, well, this they, didn't, this one didn't sell at all. Yeah, exactly. They need something to sell. And 
I think if anything's going to sell right now, it's it's Nate versus Jake Paul. You want to the honest truth, though? The place was packed. It was full. Really? Yeah, tickets dropped dramatically. I cost me about half of what it was what it should, what it originally like opened at, but the place was full. Wow. Because yeah, it looked like there's an open a lot of open seats like a week out. Yeah, I, I bought my tickets the day before. Dang. Yeah, it looked like a lot of open seats, but I swear. And I mean, it was full by the time the main card started. Not even, not even. Uh, I showed up and I was like, people were like, yeah, there's a lot of open seats. I'm like. I mean, for being in the prelims, this is pretty full, and yeah. it, it filled in, so pretty impressive, and, uh, you know, it was a pretty fun overall event. I, it was pretty cool. I mean, the whole thing was just like a well-done event, so I'm, I'm guessing they kind of worked out the kinks. Um, it was interesting. It was a pretty good fight, um, but, yeah, I think Nate, the Nate Diaz fight actually sells. Definitely. All right, back to MMA here. I got uh, John Jones. I've been on him. He's my boy. He's my friend. I had conversations with him, but, man, how <laughs> – how many times do I have to say this guy's never fighting again before we just before he actually admits he's never fighting again? We now have word that he claimed he had a contract to fight Stipe in December at heavyweight, and that was never close to happening. It's now been like officially stated that it was never close to happening, um, and now they're saying, well, maybe he'll fight Ngannou in March. Do we actually think John Jones? I, I sent a thing out to the group chat uh, a couple days ago of John Jones in 2013 saying something about moving up to heavyweight. Like how long are we going to talk about this? Like before we just like, this guy's never fighting again. Yeah. Cause he, if he does fight, it has to be at heavyweight. He's put on tons of mass. So it's not like he's going back down to two Oh five anytime soon. Um, and, but he hasn't fought and we're coming up on four years since he fought. Right. Yeah. And the more time he sits out, the more leverage he loses with the UFC and the better chance he has of tarnishing his legacy by just getting destroyed by Francis Nagano or something. <laughs> yeah. It's just, yeah. And w- do you think he really wants to fight Francis in his heavy? I know I'm not saying he's scared of Francis, but do you think he wants, Stipe is a much better fight. Much better. Yeah. I, there was no, be no way I would want to fight Francis Nagano in my first fight back i mean maybe he thinks he can just wrestle fucking but francis is just so much stronger we he's, saw stipe try to wrestle him it didn't work the second time yeah he came back he was like you know first one got beat with the rest and then he came back completely prepared he wrestled him back and then he really wrestled uh cyril gone yeah and he can out muscle anyone he can out muscle cyril gone he can out muscle anybody so i don't know what to say like i made this jo- joking take over a year ago now and i'm still sticking with it like there's a good chance he just teases comebacks for the rest of his life and never actually fights again yeah do you think he's set for life money wise or it's so hard to say because we don't know really what guys we don't really it's not like he sold he sold he was one of the bigger pay-per-view sellers but it wasn't like he wasn't selling conor mcgregor numbers no but all those fights all he did fight quite a bit for like he's, for a long early in his career and when he came back for when that he came stretch. back he was super active he had like four fights in a two-year span yeah like with pay-per-view points he's making like five million a fight yeah probably two to five yeah but i mean that's not that's not i mean with his but do we think uh you could if he's making two to five million for all his fights if you're smart with your money you can be set for life but don't true. think john jones is the type of guy <laughs> that uh he, but he lives in Albuquerque, New Mexico, so... Oh, that's true. It's very, very reasonable to... Uh, that is a you factor. Know, you can get, like, a... Uh, that's $200 million in Albuquerque, yeah, New Mexico. Yeah, you, like a $10 million house probably costs, like, $500,000 there. <laughs> exactly. So that actually is very true. Um, How much money can you spend in Albuquerque? I, outside of legal fees, I don't think... I don't think <laughs> many. I don't think much. There's not much to do besides drive around and drink tequila in your car, in your truck, buy guns. 
So, yeah, I don't know. That's a good point. And you have to think he's still got some sponsors. He's still got stuff going on. Worst case scenario, he could open a school or open a do camps or make appearances. I don't know. It's just like, dude, how long do we have to hear about, like, he split with his team, so he's not with the same team anymore, um, or he split with half his team. I think he trains on his own now. Sometimes he comes up to fight ready and trains. Yeah, from what I've seen, like, his house isn't anything crazy. I mean, it's nice and stuff, but it probably isn't crazy out of his means, and he probably can make a decent amount of money off his social media and stuff. And I thought, yeah, like, I've seen his gym, his personal gym. He turned his garage into a gym, and it's like – not what I would expect John Jones to have at home. Yeah, and especially if, if you have a house where you can't even have a room for a gym. Yeah, you know that's what I mean. Or you can't put a building up. Yeah. So, so. yeah, no, I'm I I I yeah, I don't know. He may maybe he doesn't spend his money on anything. Very frugal. <laughs> just uh, just when he gets out to Vegas, he lets <laughs> he goes wild. At least he's not a gambling addict. He's addicted to everything else. But as far as we know, he's not addicted to gambling because we probably would have heard about it by now. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know, but I, I'm just seriously in doubt that he's ever, I just don't think he's, I just think it's going to, he's going to be like 40. Like he's not, hey, what is he, 30, he's probably like 35. He's not, yeah, something like he's that. He's surprisingly young. Like he's surprisingly not that much older than us. Yeah. Pe- like people forget he was like 20 when he, 21 when he won the belt. Yeah, and he was huge in the Fertitta days, and they were known for giving like giant, like, post back fight bonuses they'd be like after the fight if it was a good fight like and he had tons oh, of those ones they'd like he was on nike he was on gatorade he was on before his like before people found out who he really was he was like had every major sponsor got, uh, athlete could ask for yeah christian the bible john jones he uh <laughs> when all i used to talk about was he got hot in jesus that was yeah. uh yeah he was living the life then until he got caught on the hot mic yeah how much of that money did he suck up his nose though like it's hard to say richer people have gone broke with his type of vices so yeah who knows who knows but i i, I want to see him fight again i hope he fights again but i just don't believe it and one last time boy did he ever fumble the bag by not staying at 205 and fighting on asanya at 205 yeah that was that was the biggest mistake he could have possibly made of and his then life bigger he mistake. let jan block what to get the fight bigger mistake than downward elbows than downward elbowing matt hamill yeah that would have been a huge pay-per-view it just had to stay around for one more fight. It was the next fight. It was the what is Jan Blagwitz's next fight. So yeah, that was the biggest mistake that he could have made. He would have absolutely dominated Adesanya. And I think people would have thought Adesanya was going to do well against him. I don't. He would. He wouldn't have been the favorite. Like Adesanya was like a minus three hundred or two fifty favorite against Blagwitz. And I don't. Th- he would. John Jones would have been the favorite, but I don't think it would have it could been. Could have been close to fifty fifty odds. I mean, there was so much hype on Adesanya. Yeah, and they think it's gonna be like a striking match, but then John Jones uses his rest, uses wrestling and dominates him. And Adesanya, for being like I've said this before too, and this now we're starting to get into tangents here, but for being like the like unanimous best striker of all time, like he doesn't land that many solid shots on guys. He just doesn't throw that many punches anymore. Yeah, it's absolutely insane. If a guy does not move forward he's not gonna throw that many punches the entire fight it's he's uh he's very boring unless he's fighting a very aggressive fighter yeah so we'll see what happens with john jones uh i don't know like i said greatest mma run of all time greatest fighter of all time still undefeated to this day um and that's not a like you know Khabib who fought five guys five top tier guys this is a guy that's been fighting top tier guys since he was still a kid basically so we'll see what happens but man I, I was halfway joking at first, and now I'm to the point where I don't know if he ever fights again, and I I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't. Yeah, me neither. All right. Well, that might be 
you know, about as hyped up as I get. We got to recap this card. I missed most of it. Oh, I missed the very end of it. I missed like the last three fights. Um, obviously, I was at the Jake Paul boxing event, so um, uh, didn't see a couple of these recap fights here. So we'll we'll I'll turn them over to you and let you kind of break it down. I did catch the end of Cater and Arnold Allen on my phone. Um, un uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, not not an exciting way for a fight to end. Um, unfortunately, it seems to be more and more common. So, um, what did you think of this fight? I didn't see it. I saw I saw Cater blow his knee out. How was the fight going to that point? Allen looked like he was getting the better of him pretty 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 well. Like Allen looked like he's a fresh fighter, but it's like how many times have we seen guys start off the gate looking good against Calvin Cater and him taking damage only to just land when he looks like he's about to be out against the fence just land an absolute bomb and be right back in the fight so well giga looked good for the first round giga whooped his ass the first two three minutes yeah and then he adjusts and so i mean allen was looking like he was going to win the fight early but yeah that let's also touch on the absolute stupidity of how fucking cater blew out his knee doing a jumping knee ugliest jumping kick thing i've ever seen in my life like so ugly that he landed on his knee or his leg or foot off balance and twisted his knee and popped out of place like it was such a stupid thing to do was it a desperation move i don't think he shouldn't have been desperate at that point so i think it was just like and this what what round was that in round one oh i didn't even know it was in round one yeah and under round two when he like just he went to put pressure on it just fell back oh there's a nasty clip of it just just buckling um yeah so you think he so okay well it's hard to even judge round one then if he he lost his knee in round one obviously he's not gonna win he was losing he lost round one okay so from what you saw although arnold allen looked pretty solid yeah yeah he looked he looked he looked good and what in a short time we got to see so we would say that we were maybe a little off last week when we were like maybe arnold allen's getting overhyped or you still think that maybe we there was too much fight left um I think maybe a little off saying he's overhyped just because of how well he was is doing. He looked really crisp. He looked really good. Um, but um, that's not to say he was going to win the fight. So Yeah, too much fight left to really say that he was headed in the bag. Because, yeah, I didn't see. All I saw was the, the end of the fight. Um, after it had been stopped, somebody said, like, oh, that's disgusting. So, of course, I pulled out my phone, pulled it up, and watched the knee buckle. And uh, uh, that was all I saw. Um, but, yeah, I mean – Tough break for Calvin Cater. He's had a lot of tough breaks. Yeah. Tough guy, but, you know, he's had a lot of tough breaks. So um, hopefully he recovers. You never want to see injuries. And quite frankly, we've seen a lot of injuries as of late, which has been disappointing. Right. But, uh, yeah, with that, we can move on to the next one. we got Tim Means versus Max Griffin. Um, this fight was a s- somewhat close fight, and that Tim Means absolutely gave away. Um, so round one. He is completely dominating. I, be- I believe it's round one. He's co- like winning the round 100%, and he gets dropped in the last 30 seconds and loses the round on two of the judges' scorecards, I'm guessing. I don't know what the exact scorecards are, but it's a split decision. So I'm guessing two of the judges gave Max Griffin round one. and um, But uh, then round two, he just gets wrestle-fucked. Not very good. He land- Max Griffin doesn't let it land a ton of damage on him. He lands more. D- I mean, Max Griffin definitely won the round. But then round three... He gets uh, taken down again, but then he kind of, I don't know, it was just back and forth. It was close, um, but Mac, or it might have been a unanimous decision, Max Griffin anyways, but it was one that 
it was in reach of Tim of Tim Means winning it, and he blew it basically. He does kind of seem like I mean he's a gritty fighter, but like I was never had any confidence in him um, winning that fight that way. Um, I never had confidence in Max Griffin either, but at the same time, I think I felt like Max Griffin was a little younger and had a little more. But um, how did uh, I see this is one I didn't see. So how did Tim Means look as far as like age wise? Um, it looked all right. I mean, he stuck in there, just uh, just couldn't get back to his feet quick enough when he got taken down by Max Griffin. That was his biggest flaw in his in his game. Usually, he's kind of cr- able to create scrams. At one point, it was tough for him because he was pressed up against the cage, so he didn't really have room to uh, to get into a position to kind of uh, like work into a butterfly and push Max Griffin off him. So it was kind of just the spot he was in more than not being able to get up. But even um, earlier in the fight. I think second round, there were spots where he wasn't pushed up against the cage. There was definitely spots in the fight where he wasn't in that spot, and he wasn't quick enough to get up either. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, all right, then we can move on then. Um, yeah, we got uh, Dustin Jacoby versus Khalil Roundtree next. Um, this was a very close fight. Um, I thought Dustin Jacoby won. Maybe I was a little biased here, but... Um, it was a close fight regardless. Dustin Jacoby, I thought, clearly won round one. Khalil Roundtree just absolutely, I believe, came back out in round two, clearly won round two. Um, and then it was uh, up uh, up to round three. Um, I thought just Dustin Jacoby kind of uh, slightly edged him out, but uh, it was close. I think Jacoby probably landed a little bit more. Khalil Roundtree um, probably landed a little bit more power shots, but... Um, yeah, I mean, it was a close fight, not a robbery by any means, but what are you going to do? Yeah, another one I did not see, so I can't really. Yeah, then uh, next up we got Phil Halls versus Roman Delize, and uh, I did see this one. This was brutal. Roman Delize is an absolute monster out <laughs> yeah, there these days, man. He's a killer, dude. The man has no mercy. The man does not care about anybody or anything. No, no, exactly. He um, pretty much finished him right and then phil hawes or yeah he got finished him on the ground with he that ripped his leg off yeah yeah he ripped his knee apart and then phil hawes was able to get back up there let it go and and then he just he just knew he was compromised he immediately kicked that leg he got uh phil hawes up against the fence where he couldn't really you know move too uh, too much out of the way and just teed off on him and put his lights out just three punch crunched him like no tomorrow it was brutal yeah yeah, left him, like, left him lifeless with no, with one leg. Like that was that was one of the meanest finishes I've ever seen. Yeah, it was like a lion taking on an injured gazelle. <laughs> that was that was absolutely brutal. Um, or I don't know, maybe Phil Hall's more like injured water buffalo or something. I don't yeah, know. I mean Phil Hall's looks big and strong, but man, he got once he lost that leg too, and it was like they it were, was over. They were so close to stopping it, but they let it go, and he <laughs> they probably should have stopped it. Yeah, but they, he's, like, moving around. It, it would be tough to stop. If you don't stop it immediately when you hear it pop, like, mm-hmm. once he gets back to his feet and he's kind of walking around, like you can't really stop it. It's pretty crazy crazy what adrenaline can do for these guys. Like, and Kelvin ne- Cater definitely probably shouldn't have been out there after, oh, after that, like, walking around. Like, But that's just probably pure adrenaline, not realizing how much it hurts. Same thing with Phil Hawes. Um, after getting his knee shredded, probably just pure, pure adrenaline from the fight that kept him yeah. going. And it looked like maybe his knee wasn't as bad a shape as maybe we thought. And then a couple steps later, it slid right out of his place. Yeah. That was nasty. Uh, yeah, so uh, next up, Andre Arlovsky versus uh, Marcos Rogerio de Lima. Um, Marcos Rogerio de Lima, this was, uh, this was the fight everybody was 
you know, knew was going to happen to Andre Arlowski sooner or later, right? Someone's yeah. just going to steamroll him. And we knew this was uh, a big risk on betting Andre Arlowski that uh, Mark Sejeria Dilema might just absolutely take him out early, and that's what happened. So Yeah, just steamrolled him. Ended up submitting him, I believe, but it was like clipped him like three times before he submitted him. It was it was brutal. Yeah. It was quick and quick and painful. And I actually missed this one. Chase Cooper versus Steve Garcia. So did you see it? Yeah, Chase Cooper, Steve Garcia. All right. I'm uh I'm was just holding a grudge here for for Chase Hooper beating me or making me look bad uh last time out. So I wanted to fade him one more time. Because I think so. I've I always thought Steve Garcia was a little underrated. Don't watch tape on him. Don't know enough about him to be like to like put my foot down on it. But I'm like, Steve Garcia's got some respectable fights in the UFC and some respectable wins. So I was like, I just don't know that Chase Hooper. He looked good in his last fight, but he was fighting an older guy that I didn't know anything about. So, I mean, maybe if everything went his way, he would he would have had a better shot. But Steve Garcia jumped all over him right away. Just kept rocking him one one shot after another. If Chase Hooper doesn't learn how to move his head, he's not going to have a long career. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he looked like he had improved in his last fight, but um, I guess it was it wasn't as much as we thought. Like he still still got a long ways to go. Yeah, that's he certainly does, and that was a uh, another wake up call for him where maybe we thought he had come a long way, which maybe he has, but he just wasn't he just wasn't ready for this one. So that was a nice little spot that I was able to cash in on a little bit of an underdog. So. Um, that was may- maybe my lone bright spot on the card. Uh, I think I did pick the leads a two, not in the league, but um, when we were making picks, just because I think Phil Hawes is kind of a choker. I also had uh, Ugly Man Joe losing to uh, Iron Turtle. Oh yeah, and he he ended up getting beat up by Iron Turtle. So um, not my worst week, not my best week. Uh, like I said, I missed quite a bit of it anyways. So only half invested in this one, but there. Um, Unfortunately, it ended uh, unceremoniously with uh, Calvin Cater's injury. So uh, another 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 card at the Apex. I just feel like the Apex is just played out, and it's, I'm just sick of seeing it. Yeah, let's get them all back on the road. There's cards are so much. These fight nights are so much better when they're not at the Apex. Yeah, like the fans of like wherever appreciate it. Like the fans of like Columbus, Ohio, like appreciate a fight card no matter how good or bad it is. Yeah, instead they're just selling two thousand dollars seats at the Apex to a bunch of doors. <laughs> exactly like they need i really think they do need to absolutely get it back on the road so hopefully they do that um we'll see though all right so we'll move on then to our segments we got our isn't he awesome and our real world call out it is one odd number today my turn yep all right my isn't he awesome guy give a shout out to anderson silva um just really cool to see him live see him in person i had pretty good seats i was pretty up pretty close um just a cool guy overall uh i know he didn't win the fight and i like i said i'm i don't like everybody left that fight being like wow anderson silva was levels above jake paul he was just didn't go for the kill but anderson silva rarely does go for the kill I mean, this is a guy that played with damian maya for five rounds and made dana white so mad that he went home without giving him the belt um so it was just cool to see him i'm glad he didn't get knocked out my biggest fear was that he was going to get you know we were going to see him sprawled out face down on the canvas and it was going to be like say what you want but jake paul knocked out anderson silva and it was going to be hard for me to swallow but he finished the fight uh maybe a little bloody nose that's it like it wasn't like he wasn't hurt wasn't wasn't stumbling around he got dropped once but it wasn't really he didn't really get dropped he was backing up and he got caught in, in a weird position so um just really cool like just kind of thought it was an awesome thing to see uh, you know, Anderson Silva, definitely one of my favorite fighters ever. Obviously, 
one one other thing that was nice to see is like we don't never know how good these MMA guys are at boxing. And I think we've actually learned they're not as good as boxing as we hoped they would be, um, some of them. So it was nice to see him where after the fight there was no question what Anderson Silva, A, would have done to him 10 years ago, five years ago, and B, who wh- who was the more skilled fighter and like where the skill difference lied because it, it was clearly – a massive skill differential and Anderson Silva honestly put on a good show even for losing the fight for being the B side maybe suspicious that he didn't really go for the kill or try to win this fight but he still put on a good performance yeah for sure and I mean I think one big thing with Anderson Silva like why he's like seems so much more like these days is like his English like he should have learned I wish he would have learned to speak English a long time ago if, like he could speak English like he does now when he is in his dominant run like would have uh, came off a lot better because he's like a funny, like joking guy, and, and you yeah. never really saw that at all when uh, when he had to go through a translator. So yeah, you never knew what he was saying, and he always had that weird voice, like he didn't know he was being funny. He had like a little Kermit, Kermit the Froggy voice, and <laughs> yeah, like him and Chael joking around in the pre- in the press conference and stuff for this was kind of cool. It's just nice. Yeah, that it- exactly. When imagine the. the the um the original the Chael, yeah the Chael <laughs> versus um Alex uh Silva fights when uh if yeah. Silva could have responded to the you know t- uh, he's gonna sl- smack his girl on the ass or whatever <laughs> they did make a joke about inviting him over for the barbecue <laughs> Chael said why didn't you ever come and he said something about like I didn't know it was a real invitation or something <laughs> uh so yeah no but it was it was cool to see him it was cool for his walkout like uh another guy and Uriah Hall actually fought too, and he beat up. This is this was the real freak show fight of the night. Uriah Hall versus Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, what were they thinking? I, Just because Le'Veon Bell got a win against Adrian, Adrian Peterson? Peter. Yeah, well, they may have been. They may have had something on their sleeve, thinking, "Well, Uriah Hall is probably not going to actually go be, kick this guy's ass. He's probably going to do what Uriah Hall does." And he did do that, but dude, Uriah Hall straight up said he wasn't trained. He didn't train for it. He showed up with just a black T-shirt and a backwards hat. Like he, he just, he just walked out there like it was another day of practice. Just went in for the payday. Didn't have to train. Yeah, he didn't train at all, and he, he took it easy on him. Uh, you could tell Le'Veon Bell. Credit to him, he's actually a pretty, pretty solid boxer. I mean, he stepped in there with a Uriah Hall and didn't get knocked out. He got rocked a couple times. He was kind of falling all, over, falling all over the ring. Uh, you could tell he was nervous. He was lunging a lot and stuff. Uriah Hall maybe put like zip on maybe ten punches the whole fight. And you could just see the difference. When he would put the zip on the punches, it would be like, holy cow. And then most of the time, he was just tapping him up. Um, just doing typical Uriah Hall. Like, didn't, didn't, no emotions, didn't crack a smile, didn't, showed zero face, facial expressions. But just crazy that that was the real freak show fight, of the, freak show fight. But it was kind of cool to have some MMA guys out there um, getting some Ws. So I don't know what's next for Uriah Hall. Like, I, you would think him versus Jake Paul would be a good matchup. It would never sell and it'll never happen. But, Jake Paul might beat him just on activity alone. Yeah. So, uh, but it was good to see Anderson Silva. Like I said, he just he really did put on a good performance. He looked good. He he walked out of there like, yeah, that guy didn't win, but he really that wasn't really his goal either. True. His goal was to look cool and like be flashy and taunt him and say, hey, like, good, like you might be younger and in better shape, but you know, it's I could still do this, and that's what he did. So it was cool. Um, somebody who's kind of been critical of the Jake Paul freak show fights and stuff. And I still think there's like kind of an element of feeling stupid for like spending money on it. Although I got the tickets at a dramatic discount. So, but it's like, it was a well done production and it was a, it was an entertaining night. So I have no complaints. So, and like I said, the highlight was just Anderson Silva doing a good job. It would have been better had he won by knockout, but 
it almost was like the perfect Anderson Silva fight. So, um, nothing, uh, nothing, nothing to complain about there. Uh, my call out is just uh, main event injuries. We have to do something about this. Like, what is going on? There's been four of them into 2022 alone. Yeah, it, it's crazy. It just, just random stuff too. You can't. I, I think it's just one of those things that happens in bunches. You probably won't see another well, one. I think for you said years. that. I think you had said that. Uh, we we something we had talked about blades versus. Uh, um aspinall not that long ago and we were just like yeah these main event injuries keep happening and now we have another one it's just weird to see that it's just like such a and two knee injuries in the same night yeah yeah it's weird it's just a weird i don't know like do you think it's like do you think they're just becoming like so powerful they're overtraining like well and you could probably factor in like dillashaw is another one like another guy like guys are just getting hurt like instantly his was pre-existing but like I don't remember that many fights where it's like a guy's compromised one second into a fight. Yeah. Or yeah. in the middle of a round, especially early in the fight. Like Rakic versus uh, Blockowitz was, was a good fight until Rakic's knee just exploded. I think we could be looking at maybe it's the rise in the uh, the calf kick that tears up. That probably, if getting kicked in the calf with the check it or not, it probably twists your knee a little bit every single time and like throwing them in training all the time and stuff. Just yeah. twist. Like, think about how much that, like, the ligaments in your knee weaken probably just throwing throwing and getting hit by calf kick after calf kick. No, I, I agree. I mean, it's something that I think we are going to see more injuries. Um, it kind of reminds me of football where, like, guys got, are now so strong, so po- they're too powerful for their own bodies. It's like a Derrick Rose problem. Like, yeah, they've, they've become, they built themselves up to, like, machines that their own ligaments can't handle. So it sucks, but, like, man, it just, it, it's tough to like see guys blow their knees out. It's yeah, not, it's it's a shitty way to end a fight. Yeah, it's really a downer when, especially if it's a good fight. Um, it's really a downer, especially in a, a main event. Like four times in the main event, that's it's only happened thirteen times in the history of the UFC. And, it's and at least the Aspinall on this one, like nothing ever really got going. To, like just boom. Uh, yeah, so it's pretty wild. Uh, I hope it can stop happening. It just sucks to see it happen, and uh, injuries are never good. So. I guess it's better than someone like winning four rounds and tearing their knee in the fifth. <laughs> I, that hasn't happened, has it? I, I don't remember ever anyone ever being like significantly winning a, a fight and then tearing their knee up or something and losing. Yeah, no, I don't, can't think of any time that that's ever happened. It happened to Michael Chandler and Bellator, but that's that was still earlier in the fight. So, so yeah, I'll turn it over to you. What do you got this week? All right, isn't he awesome? This is an easy one for me this week. Uh, Mr. Steal Your Girl, Roman Delize. He's just <laughs> absolutely crushing life right now. When when he took um, Cheyenne Velisma, or Cheyenne Baez at the time, from uh, J.P. Baez, he just sucked all every ounce of power and out of J.P. Baez's body and just has absorbed absorbed it and and more and has just been on an absolute, absolute streak of terror ever since. He's a monster, dude, an absolute monster. He, yeah, he was not a knockout guy. He was a boring guy. He was a boring fighter. He goes and rips off Phil Hawes' knee and then knocks him out cold after after causing, you know, significant. And he had a brutal KO in his last fight, too, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, Kyle Dawkins. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Once, dude, that's all after the uh, after he stole JP Boz's girl. So he's got, he's got an edge to him. No mention of that, though. So I wonder if they're no longer. I was waiting for that, like her to be in his corner or something and like awkwardly have them be like his girlfriend cheyenne velisma's in his corner oh, like, when she's in the corner that's the end of of the of the streak i think you're right about that but i was i was waiting for the uh ufc team to have to 
gently dance around that without saying anything like former wife of former, uh, <laughs> yeah, former J- oh and four UFC former punching bag. <laughs> JP buys wife of former O and four fighter JP buys he dude that guy oh my god has anybody ever came into the UFC and just had a worse stretch of not just in dude, not just in octagon but in life in general no joke talk about like your dream dreams turning into nightmares yeah yeah he you know he probably trained his whole life to get into the UFC he gets there only gets this, there because they wanted like the 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 like a cup, a UFC contender series couple, basically. Yeah, but regardless, he gets there, and then his life just absolutely falls apart. From he there. thinks I'm going to be a world champion. He goes 0 and 4 and loses his wife. <laughs> Mr. Studio Girl. And he probably got kicked out of his own gym, to be quite honest. Like, she's more, she has more pull than him. Oh, 100%. Yeah, she's got a fight coming up with somebody soon. I think he's getting deported, too. So, yeah, because he needed, he needed it for the marriage. For, yeah. He's Dude. South African or something. Uh, yeah. Again, talk about dreams turning into nightmares. Like, could you imagine like a worse like? And it wasn't that long. It was like, like a year. It took like a year. Yeah. It was. It was a very fast fall from grace. Now he's fighting some South African regional promotion that's probably like held in a cockfighting <laughs> ring or something. I mean, literally or a dog fighting ring. It took like a year, and quite frankly, while while they were together, she fought like shit too and lost her fight. Yeah. She was like a huge favorite and got lost from head and arm trips and then head and arm throws. And then she, soon as she wins a 50K bonus, the track, like, all right, my walk's turning around. Right. She dumps him and goes after uh, Roman Delize, who is now just like having the time of his life. JP Baez is tuning into every fight, hoping to see him get it beat up. Like, oh, if I'm JP Baez, I'm not watching it. Roman Delize fight. Yeah, not anymore. I'm avoiding it. Not anymore. He's probably halfway to a world championship now with right. his newfound powers. So at the end of the day, though, you can only control what you can control. So shout out Roman Delize for uh, making the most of this. But how long does the this power from stealing his girl last before he has to steal someone else's girl and don't leave Vlisma on the desk? You think he's a serial a serial offender? We don't even. Know I think that's the only way to keep the keep the streak going. We don't even know if they're still together or not. Uh, they did say after the fight he was going to go to Ukraine and visit his son. So he may be a serial offender because he has a son in Ukraine. <laughs> yeah, we definitely might have to look more into this. Yeah, so either way, though, the man's on a tear. Like, whatever he's doing is working. I hate to say it, but, like, if you get results, winning cures everything. And if you got to be a serial home wrecker and <laughs> to achieve your UFC dreams, I guess I'm not going to be the one to say that uh, that's not the way to do it. So, let's go, Roman. <laughs> uh, <coughs> shit, went to the wrong pipe. <laughs> Love to take that out. But, all right, so here, <clears throat> Roman deleted a, yep, that's why isn't he awesome? And weekly call out, we're going Israel Adesanya here. We got the promos coming up for his next pay-per-view versus Pereira. We saw him this week a lot on the card. And uh, he is once again calling for to win by knockout in devastating fashion talking all the smack that he always does um you know prayer is he's not ready for the ufc i'm the top of this game i'm the i'm the, you know i'm the big dog i eat i feast blah 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 um you know just the typical weird shit he says and he's calling for a knockout so the one thing we know for sure is not going to happen is israel adesanya will not win by knockout that is a guarantee um and uh, yeah i mean if you can bet fighter will not win by knockout then that's the that's the way to go i think 
Yeah, anything but knockout. Well, if he doesn't win by knockout, he'll win by decision. Or are you saying or lose? Yeah, like if there is there's Israel Adesanya not to win by knockout. I don't think they offer that, but. Yeah, I don't know. But, yeah, classic Adesanya to be like, a, I'm going to go in there and get a high, exciting finish this time. It's like, no, you're not. How many times is he going to do this where he just talks all the shit about how aggressive and how, you know, he's going to absolutely destroy somebody and, you know, end their lives basically or whatever whatever the dumb shit he says. And then he goes in there and just puts on an absolute snooze fest. Like, yeah, it's been, it's been so many fights. It's not even funny anymore. I feel like most of the, most of the audience just doesn't even realize it either. Like, am I crazy or does like, is he still as popular as ever? I think they did a good job marketing him. Yeah. Just, I think he does a good job marketing himself. And I think there's enough highlights from old fights to live off of it. And like, it's, he's exciting enough where there's enough oohs and ahs like, Ooh, he threw a, wheel kick or he threw like a crescent kick or whatever and it's like didn't land but he threw one like if it would but if it would have landed always oh, wanted he's so technical he's so technical he's so technical it's like that gets you a long way uh the, the anticipation and i think that's what a big percentage of it is yeah yeah but that's all i got for this week so um we can uh move on to our preview all right uh so i'm having some technical difficulties here let me pull up best fight odds real quick here and uh we will jump into our fights. Um, we got another fight night. Is this this one's again in the in the apex? I believe. Yeah, it should be. Yeah. Judging by the uh, the, <laughs> the lineup here, we uh, it's an apex card. Yeah. So main event: Amanda Lemos versus Marina Rodriguez. Marina Rodriguez. Is but in, it was supposed to be Bryce Mitchell versus uh, 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 Evilev. Yeah, that's right. Um, w- Bryce Mitchell got rebooked against Teporia. That's a pretty interesting fight. Oh, that's a way sicker fight than Evil of. Yeah. So we got Amanda Lemos from Marina Rodriguez. Marina Rodriguez minus 215. Amanda Lemos plus 185. Um, you've been all over Marina Rodriguez for a while now. She's really come around as like a really solid striker. Um, if it's a stand-up fight, she's going to be hard to beat. Um, Amanda Lemos has looked decent, decent recently. Um, I, she has not fought a striker as long as Marina Rodriguez or as skilled as Marina Rodriguez. So I... Um, it kind of makes sense that Marina Rodriguez would be a, a, a favorite here. What's your thoughts on how it goes down? Yeah, I like Marina Rodriguez in this one. I'm not extremely confident it's women's MMA, but I just think she's fought by far the better, the more skilled opponents. Like she's fought the who's who pretty much. She's and she's won almost all of them. Um, has had a little bit of trouble with wrestlers in the past. Um, Amanda Lemos can wrestle a little bit, but I think she'd tire herself out if she wrestled too much, especially in a five-round fight. So I don't think that's like necessarily a winning strategy because I think going to drain her gas tank by around four or five, even three maybe. Um, uh, so I, I think Marina Rodriguez will just kind of piece her up on the feet or leg kicks or striking. I just think she's a little bit better, uh, in the, like way better in the stand-up basically. Amanda Lemos, she's not a slouch, but she's just not Marina Rodriguez, right? And... Uh, as long as Amanda Lemos isn't able to just, like, take her down and hold her there for five rounds, which I, I don't think she'll have the gas tank for, uh, I think it's a Marina Rodriguez win. Gotcha. Yeah, I think I'm with you there. So that's that one. I think we're totally in agreement there. I don't have anything to – it's basically my exact thoughts. Uh, Daniel Rodriguez versus Neil Magny. Daniel Rodriguez plus 100, Neil Magny minus 120. Man, I have a hard time. Neil Magny's really like his. It looks like age is caught up with him. It looks like his strategies maybe caught up with him. At the same time, Daniel Rodriguez is a guy I was really high on until I saw him basically rob uh, the leech of a of a decision uh, in their last fight. 
not that long ago. Um, yeah, that was a terrible decision. That was a terrible decision, but I bet on Dan D-Rod, so I was happy with it. Yeah, yeah, I, I was on uh, the leech there, so not so. So D-Rod, though, my, my small underdog here, uh, and it's, this is a tale of two guys that I just, they were both sleepers for a long time, and now they've been like burdens to bet on, so I don't know who, which guy do you think probably is uh, in a better position to win this fight. I'm going to go Daniel Rodriguez here. Um, I think this is going to be a pretty boring fight, but reason I'm going Rodriguez here is Neil Magny, the way he fights, does not score in the judges' scorecards, right? Um, Daniel Rodriguez, he's not necessarily a volume guy by any means either, but when he lands, he does land pretty hard. Um, he does have some power behind his punches. Um, he all also is a big guy. So um, Neil Magny, the way, you know, he'd have to win this fight is get in the clinch, get him up against the cage, grind, um, and just kind of hold dominate for two out of the three rounds, just uh, holding position and whatnot and not getting clipped. Problem is judges don't really score that very much. And it don't, you know, that's not like if Daniel Rodriguez lands a few big punches while Magny's trying to get into the clinch, but Magny has, you know, three minutes, three and a half minutes of control time, but doesn't do much with it. They're scoring that round for Daniel Rodriguez. So um, also I think the size of Daniel Rodriguez and strength is going to be tougher for Neil Magny to kind of get into the clinch position and get him against the cage. So I think he'll be able to muscle kind of out of those, keep it kind of standing. Um, Neil Magny, his striking, somehow he throws the slowest one-two I've ever seen in MMA, <laughs> yeah. but it lands quite a bit. Yeah. So um, fighters don't seem to get out of the way for some reason. So he's got a little bit of accuracy, but he's got no power on the punches. So uh, even if he is landing on the feet, if it's in the stand-up, I think, you know, like one of Daniel Rodriguez's punches is going to equal, you know, like five of uh, Neil Magny's in terms of damage. So Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. So tough fight here could go either way just based off of boringness i don't know i don't think there's gonna be a lot of action in this one um chase sherman josh parisian chase sherman the guy that will not give up on his ufc dream this guy just keeps coming back and actually got himself a little spot here where he's a minus 130 favorite josh parisian plus 110 josh parisian has looked terrible i mean chase sherman's not good but yeah who was it, oh jared vander at chase sherman beat beat the brakes off of in his last i mean he just had went to absolute war with uh with jared vander and came out on top um josh parisian if there's a guy like similar you know it's jared vander uh, those are I, I think two kind of uh similar type fighters so chase sherman i i uh, can almost guarantee he's going to go out there and uh put it all out on the line and he's going to throw a bunch of strikes and as long as it doesn't get knocked out i think he could beat josh parisian here so Hopefully, I mean, Josh Priesen could wrestle him, kind of slow it down that way. But uh, I'm riding the uh, vanilla gorilla train, and we're going Chase Sherman <laughs> again here. I just uh, hate betting him uh, uh, as a uh, as a favorite, although it's a slight favorite. But uh, I like the odds on that that last fight uh, versus Vandera a lot better. Just ask yourself this. Who would have thought, you know, Chase Sherman would be coming back for more? Yeah. The guy yeah, the quit. guy. Yeah, you can't keep him away, man. He's just that, uh, you know, that person that you try to get rid of, they just end up at your doorstep. They're always there. Uninvited, yeah. but always there. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Um, Tagir Ulambekanov versus Nate Manas. Uh, Tagir is minus 215. Nate Manas plus 185. Um, tough one here because I don't think... <sighs> I don't think Tagir has been as good as they thought he was going to be. Um, he's also not that big of a favorite here. Um, tough fight to break down, so I don't really know. I'll just see what your thoughts are. I don't really have any type of educated uh, 
leans on this one. Yeah, uh, man, this is a this is a tough one. I think Tagir Lumbekov, yeah, he's kind of underperformed as of as kind of the hype that was on him, but I think he's going to edge out the victory. I'm not super confident on this one. Nathan Maness, he can be a dog, um, so he's going to make Tagir work for those takedowns and whatnot. Um, but I still think Tagir is going to be able to get him. I, I think it might be close. This could be one where it ends up Nathan Maness just kind of sparks him. To Gerlin back up, I was trying to get in for a takedown or something. But yeah. uh, if uh, goes to decision, I mean to be Gerlin back off. I think I think it probably won. So, all right, there you have it. I don't have anything to add to that. Um, but if you want looking for a dog spot, you could go Nathan Manas here too. Yeah, he is a dog. He he is a dog both on the on the uh, on the line and in the in the cage. So um, let's see who we got next. Grant Dawson versus Marco Madsen, the Olympian. Um, line here, Grant Dawson minus two fifteen. Marco Madsen plus one eighty five. Am I? If I is Marco Madsen still undefeated? Yeah, yeah. He, I think he should have lost a fight or two. What? He had a close fight against Clay Guida of all people. Yeah, yeah. Split decision. That I definitely thought he lost. Um, but uh, yeah, I believe he is. He hasn't lost in the UFC at least. Um, this I'm gonna go an underdog shot here on Mark Madsen. I've notoriously bet against him in almost every fight, but. Grant Dawson, I, I think that's just an interesting matchup. I think they're wrestling. I think Grant Dawson, I think it's the bigger guy, but you, wrestling, you don't, you know, it, bigger being bigger helps, but not necessarily always. Like Marco Madsen, he's le, about as legit as it gets as far as wrestling in the UFC, right? So yeah. Grant Dawson, he's probably got more size. If he keeps this standing, he could knock out Mark Madsen. But I just think of Mark Madsen, he's going to be very aggressive going for those takedowns, like he always is. Um, Grant Dawson, he hasn't had great takedown defense, although he is a decent um, offensive wrestler. I don't think he's very good uh, defensively. And if Mark Madsen can shoot those takedowns and, and get him down um, consistently, I think he can at least steal two of these rounds out of three. Yeah, I think that's a fair way to put it. Uh, Marco Madsen's a guy that I've chronically underestimated. Always think he's at the end of his run, and he always finds a way to win, so... Um, yeah, it looked like he shored up his gas tank because that was a problem in his uh, first defense. Right, he'd dominate the first two rounds, then he'd have to hear, hang on for dear life in the yeah, third. Run but for his life. Yeah, he started striking a little bit more and and kind of conserving the gas tank at times. So uh, I think he's done better as far as making it through all three rounds without having to just hang on for dear life in that third. It certainly seems that way. So uh, here's one that I don't think either of us have any reservations about. Uh, Jailton Almeida versus Max and Christian. Um, I'm on Jailton Almeida. He's just looked too good to this point. Um, I don't see the line on best fight odds. Um, Is that a heavyweight or 205? Um, I wonder. I don't even see it on best fight odds, who we know has just like just dropped the ball completely in the past few. Oh, uh, never mind. Just got canceled. Oh, best fight odds ahead of us. Yeah, I put this one together a few days ago. So. Yep, no more uh, Jelton Alameda versus Max and Grishin. If it was going to happen, I'm not. There's not very many people that I'm. I, I don't. I can't see myself betting against Jelton Almeida for the foreseeable future. That's my ever. thought. That's my exact. <laughs> that's my so. exact thought. He's going to be. He's going to get to the top of the division, and then we're going to have to start really thinking about it. But until then, he looks yeah. like he's. Uh, he's going to run automatic. Yeah, to to a point. Yeah. All right, we'll move on. The Miranda Maverick for Shanna Young. Um, 
Let me find the odds here. Miranda Maverick's got to be a big favorite in this one. Oh, Miranda Maverick minus 645, Shannon Young plus 480. Probably just paying Miranda Maverick back for taking a pretty pretty tough run of fights that she went through. Uh, um, she got robbed in a, in a fight against Macy Barber. I thought she won that fight. Macy Barber got the decision. Yeah. And then she ran into Aaron Blanchfield, who didn't realize at the time was just the real deal, like absolutely crushed her. So, um, and then I, she's maybe had a fight since then, but yeah, she got they yeah. So this is a second fight they're kind of helping her along, and she, they gave her Sabina Mazo in her la- last fight, and she won by submission in the second round. So, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. I mean, I feel like they're just throwing her a bone here. Shannon Young, not really, in my opinion, on Miranda Maverick's level. Miranda Maverick's got pretty pretty well rounded, and uh, should win this fight. Yep, yeah, we'll be on Miranda Maverick. Not much we have to say about it. Um, Shana Young, yeah, definitely don't think she she's on the same level as Miranda Maverick. And although, yeah, Miranda Maverick has kind of had a little tough stretch. She's been fighting the top competition and and should walk over opponents like Shana Young. So, yeah. So anyhow, there you have it. That's our card. Anything else on this card that sticks out to you, or anything you want to cover? Let me look real fast. Um, fights. see the oh how much it's updating um you got benito lopez versus mario batista that could be interesting um other than that no there's not Derek minor minner versus uh shia lynn um i'd probably go Derek minner by his signature guillotine there just shia lynn makes me think that he's a little behind on his jiu-jitsu as most of the uh rest uh, you know that america and not south america is so um yeah i'd probably go Derek Minner. i don't know what the line is there and i don't know anything about shay or whatever so um it wouldn't be too on that one it's not an official pick by any means but other than that there's not too much we got going on here yeah i mean i feel like we're just passing time until the next pay-per-view oh that's that's basically what it is right these days like unless they have a, a fight night live um in an arena if it's a if it's just apex cards in between pay-per-views they're just definitely just passing the time and it's i think it's getting fresh it's hard to bet on these cards man it's like i'm almost to the point where like i'm gonna still bet on them but not it's gonna be much smaller amounts i'm gonna say for the pay-per-views like anything can happen in a lot of these fights a lot of fighters that we don't have a, a lot of information on out like in the ufc just more outside of the ufc they're a lot of people coming off contender series and whatnot and it's just uh tough to predict some of these things i feel like we're kind of in a time in mma where it's kind of changing over you know we get these times and i feel like the best time is when you're in the mid to the end of the cycle to where you've seen a lot of the fighters and they're nearing you know the middle to the end of their careers like when they're all yeah. in that stretch because it seems like it the whole roster kind of cycles over around the same time almost usually so um right now we're like in the early stages of that and uh yeah it's it it can be tough at times yeah well it's especially tough when like you said like last week the card was just tough to bet those are tough picks to make and then it also didn't like deliver as far as a a card should be delivering so that's just tough to like really get up for the next one when it kind of looks like it's going to be the same thing yep but you know a lot of times when we think that's the case it ends up not being so and we've learned our lesson many times for judging cards before they happen yeah, so so, so pray, we'll see what pray happens. Pray for a good one. Let's uh let's pray to the MMA gods. We get uh 
we got a banger. Yeah, so we'll see what happens. But either way, we'll be back to recap it. Um, we're getting closer to some pay-per-views. But until then, um, good luck on your picks. Enjoy the fights, and we'll see you all next week. Peace.